Hi everyone, thank you for tuning into the second episode of She Speaks. This is Maddie, and obviously this episode is going to be majorly about what has been going on um, in our communities lately, about the Black Lives Matter movement. And um, I have had very many experiences with what's going on, and I've seen many of my friends who've been closely affected. Um, I have done hours upon hours upon hours of research in order to educate myself before I made this podcast um, in order to speak out about this. I wanted to make sure that I was well informed before I were to say anything about it to make sure I know how to say things and make sure I don't offend anybody, especially due to my race. Um, I just wanted to make that clear and do a future disclaimer um, about this podcast. Uh, you all know what it's going to be about. I have educated myself and I'm always open to learning more. I'm not going to sit here and say I know everything about anything. Um, I'm always willing to learn more. If I said something wrong, please, please, please do not hesitate to correct me. Please inform me more. I am very open-minded about this and I seriously would like to do anything I could to help. So without further ado, here's the next episode. Okay, so I do have a lot of topics um, that relate to Black Lives Matter and this whole movement going on, and I have a lot of things that I want to say about a lot of different aspects of it, so I don't want to take any time away from any certain uh, topic. So the first thing that I want to get into is why people get so offended when we say, well, all lives matter. So this is a big issue because people are advocating for black lives and why black lives matter we are advocating you know against police brutality and how there has definitely been a sense of racism in our governmental system and in our system of power and they have you know greatly inflicted murder upon black people and of course it isn't only black people but here's the issue i actually saw a very helpful diagram um, you know, when I was conducting my research on these topics, and it was something that I had actually never seen before, and I don't know if it's something popular or if a lot of people have seen it, but it definitely helped me better understand um, kind of why people are getting upset when we say, well, all lives matter. So it was a diagram of all of these houses in a neighborhood, and there was one house burning down, and the person whose house was burning down was looking at his neighbor who had a fire hose, But the neighbor with the fire hose was spraying his own house, which wasn't on fire. And the person whose house was on fire was saying, well, can you help? Can you help me? Because you have the fire hose. And the person with the fire hose goes, well, all, all houses matter. And I think this really helped me because, um, we were all raised to realize and recognize that there are many different races that is taught Um, I saw a woman, I can't remember her name off the top of my head, but, you know, she abruptly came out and said, there are no other races. I mean, there's one race and it's the human race. And I agree with that 150%. And right now, this whole Black Lives Matter movement, they're not saying that Black people are above white people or above Hispanics or above Asian people. It is not saying that one race is better than the other. They are trying to advocate that they are the ones experiencing this prejudice right now. And they're the ones who are having their people killed right now. And they're the ones who are statistically experiencing 
this murder from our capital and from our government. And they are the race right now who desperately need our help. And that is why people get upset when we say, well, all lives matter, because they do. And that is something that is a true statement, but that's not relevant right now. The Black Lives Matter and the Black people are the ones who are reaching out for help and they are the ones who are needing our help. And um, another question that I've gotten was, why are the riots happening and why are people looting? So the looters and the protesters are two separate groups. These are not the same groups and the media is trying to make it seem like they are the same. Um, I've actually been staying away from the news. I normally do, but I've been staying, you know, strictly away from the news in times like these. Um, I have been relying solely, you know, on my research and I have been going to both sides. I've been going to leftist sites. I've been going to, you know, right-wing sites. I've been going to both sides so I can see what is actually going on. And I've been going to neutral sites so I can get a better understanding of really what's going on in our community. And the media is really trying to make it seem like these protests are violent and they're dangerous and the police are coming in and they're having to tear gas these people and they're having to run their cars through these people. But the vast majority of it is these protests are beyond peaceful. If you really take a moment to step back and think about it, why would you be angry and why would you be agitated and why would you edge on these police officers who have been killing people of your kind? Your brothers and sisters, why would you go there and be ready to fight? I can understand the anger, but these people are going out there peacefully because they know if there is no peace, then there will be no movement. But what's happening is these people go out here peacefully and they're attacked or they're pepper sprayed. And it's just showing how patriotism really blinds people. And you know, you look even to the looters and you look to the people who are starting fires and starting riots. And I mean, think about it. Isn't that how our country was made? Us white people came in and we stole the land from the Native Americans and we stole the land and we raped our daughters and we were stealing, you know, just the land. And that's what we built our country upon. And look at us now. We celebrated on Columbus Day. Nothing happens in our country without violence. And I think that that really says something. And it should hit you deep. And if it doesn't hit you, then you need to open your eyes. This is a problem for America. This is a problem for our people. And it just breaks my heart to see these people who are so vastly misunderstood and they're shut down by the media and they're absolutely dehumanized. These are our brothers and sisters, like I said. These are the people that we grew up with. These are the people that we should be walking with hand in hand, no matter what race we are. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter your beliefs. It doesn't matter the kind of person you are. It doesn't matter what you've done or said in the past. What matters is that you are there for them right now when they need you. 
And the fact of the matter is, is that they will always need you until there is equality and not only equality, but equity. Because you may talk to people and say, well, I'm advocating for black people's rights. And what I've heard a lot of times is um, people come back at you and they say, well, can a black person get a gun? Can a black person, you know, take a walk? Can a black person drive a car? Can a black person, you know, get a job? Yes, under law, they can. But it's not so much about the rights given to us by the Constitution. What it's about is the fact that a black person can't wear a hoodie in public because they could be mistaken for a suspect. The reality of it is a black person can be walking around and be racially profiled and, you know, mistaken by a simple description of a black African male. It's not right. And that's something that us white people will never, ever understand. And that's what we need to open our minds to is that we will never understand. We will never understand the prejudice that they go through on a daily basis. We will never, ever understand what it's like to be scared for your children's life by just sending them out to school. I mean, us in Orlando, we know that 15-year-old kid who got killed walking to Boone High School. It's heartbreaking. It happened right down the street. You know, my mom can be scared to send me out to go with my friends because I'll be driving. Or, you know, it can be scary for our parents too, but it will never be as scary as it is for a black mother. And I cannot imagine the pain in their hearts when they have to send their children out and it's heartbreaking and it shouldn't have to be that way and that is why I'm standing here with them and that is why I'm using my white privilege and my platform to get my voice out there because that's what they deserve and they deserve nothing less than that and they deserve the world I mean they have gone through so much Our country was built on their backs through slavery. They had 200 years of slavery and more. And then after that, there was nothing but segregation. They had to fight for their freedoms. They had to fight alongside MLK. They had to fight for their voice. And in 2020, we are so far ahead in the future from all of our history And still, we're suffering with the same exact problems. Why is that? Why? No one should have to go through that. I've never had to go through that. And I wouldn't wish that upon my worst enemy. I wouldn't wish that upon anybody. Which is why I'm here. And I think that a lot more people need to open their minds to understand this and what a big deal this really is. We are too far in the future for no change to have come. I don't want my best friend's kids to have to grow up in a world like this. I don't want my kids to have to grow up in a world like this. I want a world of unity and community. And I don't want there to be segregation ever. I don't want that to be something that my kids or my grandkids even have to think about. And... If that means that, you know, some people won't like me because I have to use my voice, 
or some people won't like that I'm, you know, using my white privilege to protect my black brothers and sisters. So what? If that means that I'm going to get hate for posting a couple extra things to show that black lives matter to me, if I'm going to get hate for putting this podcast out there, that doesn't matter because those people are the people that are going to tear down our society and those are the people that need to open their minds the most. If you all could take a moment and just imagine how much greater of not only a country but a world we would have if all of those people would just take the time to start to understand their fellow citizens and open their minds more to what the problem is about. Um, Just imagine how much better off we would be. Look at all of the wonders that our community has done with each other, hand-in-hand fighting for this fight against racism and this fight for Black Lives Matter. All 50 states, every single state in the United States of America, plus 18 other countries worldwide, protested for Black Lives Matter, despite our president saying that the rest of the world is laughing at us currently. It is amazing to see what we can do when we are united and when we are together and when we are working for a cause to better our community. But what is our government doing? They're trying to shut us down. They're trying to have the police mace and pepper spray us. They're trying to have the police shut us down. They're trying to have the National Guard shut us down where our president goes and hides. That is not the America that I want to live in. I want to be a part of the land of the free. And when people ask, what do we expect and what do we want? I understand that it can be risky saying, you know, we want the cops to quit their jobs because these cops, once they take off their uniforms, no matter who they are, they are citizens too. They have families too. They have children to feed. I understand that it's difficult and it's hard for us to ask for these cops to quit their jobs. I know, and I know the arguments of people saying that these cops are just doing their job. If you guys know me, you know that my dad, you know, he works around the Orange County Sheriff's Office. I know a lot of these cops. I've seen them and I've met them and I've shook their hands. They are citizens like you and me, the most of them. And I understand, you know, the ACAB movement and all cops are bad. And I, I kind of have mixed feelings on this because like I just mentioned, you know, I know these cops and I've met them and I formed bonds with them. Um, and I understand that they're doing their job and they have families to meet. But I also understand that if you know that your coworker is a dirty cop or they have abused their power or that they have done something bad. It doesn't matter if you haven't killed anybody. It doesn't matter if you have not abused your power. If you are working next to your coworker, standing by and you know that this is happening, that makes you a bad cop too. And if you can't handle that, then that's when you should step down from your position. Because 
you know, they teach us this in, you know, they teach us this as kids with bullying and they teach us, you know, well, if you're a bystander and you're watching this happen, then that makes you just as bad as the bully. How is that, you know, us learning that as children and us learning that through school, how is that any different with adults and the people who are authoritized over us? How does that make any difference? How are we the ones who, when we were kids, we took that lesson to heart and we understood that if we stood by and didn't do anything and didn't say anything, that we were a bad person? You know, I'll admit, I was scared as a white person. I was scared to use my voice. I was scared to say anything or come out and say anything. But you know what? I couldn't handle it. I couldn't handle seeing this happen. You know, it was breaking my heart. I was in bed crying, seeing how much of this was happening. And I couldn't just stand by and watch this. But how is it that our youth and our younger generations are understanding that better than the police forces and the governmental officials that are controlling and ruling over us? How is that? This is not how our country should be being run. You do not run and hide while people are dying in your streets. You do not run and hide when your younger generation is just simply doing what you taught us to do. We are standing up for what we feel is right. We are standing up for our fellow brothers and sisters who are dying on the ground in front of us, who are being maced, who are being pepper sprayed, who are being beaten in the streets. We are doing what we feel is right. And if you can't understand what you taught, if you cannot practice what you preach, then that's when you step down from your job and you come and join us on the streets. Because something needs to change. People ask, what do we expect? We expect the system to change. There needs to be a change. It is 2020. It is too far in the future for nothing to have happened. This has been going on for generations upon generations. You know, my grandparents, my grandparents' generation was out there protesting. Why are we still protesting? It's the beginning of summer. The youth generation should be be able to go to the beach. We should be able to have fun before we go off to college. Why are we still having to protest? It isn't right. But I mean, we'll do it. We'll do it because we know what's right. And we know that the way that we're being ruled is not, and it's wrong. And we're here to do something about it. And I've heard people talking about, well, you know, the four officers, they were convicted and charged. So now, um, you know, the four officers that were involved in George Floyd's death. So now they're charged, so the riot should calm down and they should stop. No. Every single day, you look and you hear about another person who was wrongly convicted and wrongly killed by police brutality. George Floyd is not the only one. George Floyd is not the reason for all of this. He was merely... A door which opened, among many others, it opened us to a world of racism and police brutality. And, you know, I do agree that sometimes the media can spoil good things and they can focus on the wrong things. I do agree, you know, that's how the media is. 
but by the media focusing on George Floyd's death and absolutely exploiting this whole world of abusive authority that we've been living under, I think it's a blessing in disguise and it's given us a reason to take over our future because like I said before, I know along with my friends and along with anybody else in my generation that we will stand no longer to live in a generation like this. We will stand no longer to have our kids still protesting for something that's been going on for so long. I won't stand for it, and they won't either. So no, these, pri- these riots aren't going to end. These protests aren't going to end just because the cops were convicted. The protests and the people will calm down once the system is changed, and we know it's going to be a long time. We know. But we're here to stay, because we're not going to deal with it anymore. And... Um, I've also heard a lot about, um, what, what can white people do to help? So, um, I stated before as a white person, um, like I said, I was very afraid to come out about this. I was very afraid to, you know, mess up and say something wrong. I was very afraid because as soon as I found out this stuff was happening, um, Obviously, we know that this stuff has been happening for a long time, but now it's just so apparent. And no, it is not a trend. Please, please, please don't treat this like a trend. Do not go and treat, you know, treat this as an opportunity to show, oh, well, I'm a good person. Don't do that. <laughs> um, I saw this as an opportunity um, to get my voice out there. Um, with my new podcast and all of this, you know, um, we actually now in Orlando, we're having organized, um, protests and they're, you know, of course, peaceful. I think I'm going to go to one this weekend if it doesn't rain. Um, but it's organized. It's all set up. It's, you know, for you to go, you know, I'm 18 now. So I think it's just, I think it's, it's just, I'm in a good spot now. It's a good opportunity to be able to get my voice out there. And by being so scared and not knowing what to do or how to approach the subject, I gained so much confidence after doing my research. Um, If you guys have been following up with my social media, I have not been posting nearly as much as a lot of my peers about, um, you know, reposting of Black Lives Matter or reposting videos kind of to show what's going on in the streets right now. I haven't been posting nearly as much just because I I wanted to do my research and I wanted to make sure that I was coming from a good standpoint. I wanted to make sure I understood both sides of this problem. Um, I always try and practice what I preach, you know. I sit here and I talk about being open-minded and I talk about, you know, you always want to try and understand people before you, you know, you talk down on them or you try and get them to change. I've done nothing but, you know, I look at the other side of this and the people who are um they they say that the the riots and the protests are bad and they're talking about you know how Trump is actually being very helpful in these situations and they're talking about you know how we need to leave the cops alone and things like that so I have seen a lot of both sides and the neutral sides I've done my research and I have been very respectable to the people on the other side. And I will say, um, I actually came in contact with a girl who was posting 
um, she tried to do the Whiteout Tuesday thing. And basically what that was, was we did a Blackout Tuesday, and that was in respect for all of the Black lives who we have lost due to police brutality or to wrongful convictions and things like that. So it was a big social media thing where you would post just a plain black screen, or you could post something with um, a Black Lives Matter symbol, uh, something like that, just to commemorate all of those people that we've lost. It was kind of a moment of respect. And... Um, some people decided to make it, um, I believe it was called like a whiteout Tuesday, and they posted an all-white screen and they would say all lives matter and that we all bleed the same blood. And um, I saw a lot of people like that. So I kind of was looking at those posts and trying to see their reasoning of why they were doing this. And the reason that I'm bringing this up um, on this episode is because I think that um, they... They were reluctant on trying to research more on the other side of what was going on. And that's why, you know, I classify myself as more of a neutral person. Um, (laughs) Contrary to what most people see, I mean, obviously people would call me very to, you know, the left. Um, But I, I really do. I mean, I try, you know, my best to remain neutral because I always, before I make any decision, I look at the other side of things and I see the other arguments. I see the other side's facts rather than opinions or what they receive from their forms of media and what we receive from our forms of media because the media in our government is there to split the public. And I know I went into this in my last episode, so I'm not going to take too much time on that now. But we do have a very split public, and I think that our government thrives off of that split public. As long as there's um, arguments or contradictions or um, questions about what is going on or is this credible or is this real um, because of our media, I think that's what our government thrives on. And I think that that's why there's so much of an abuse of power and there's so much of a disconnect between um, political parties and things like that because I don't think we've really been able to get anywhere moving forwards and moving towards a better future because of that disconnect, because we are so split up and with the extremists of both sides um, you know, they'll look at each other and they don't even want to hear what the other side has to say. And they are just so close-minded and they are shut out to anything that the other side has to say because they believe that they are right and that is it. And I think that that's also a big problem with what with what's going on. Because um as I was talking about, you know, this Black Lives Matter Black Lives Matter protest, um People have showed a unity like none before, and because of that unity, I believe this generation has the potential to move forwards, but we need to get past that closed-mindedness and thinking that we are right and that we know everything because the key to this was research. For me to have the confidence to come out and use my voice and even go to a protest was because of my research. I had to understand both sides. I had to know that what I was saying was legitimate and that what I was saying was actually going to help people. And because of that, that confidence that I gained from understanding and opening my mind to the other side and to other people and to people who didn't agree with me, 
I gained so much confidence and I gained a way to get my voice out there. And I gained this sense of unity and understanding with everybody around me. And I think that's a big part of it. I think that's a big part of what white people can do. You need to do your research. You need to gain this confidence. Um, I do believe that white privilege is a thing. We are privileged because of the color of our skin. It is not saying that you have white privilege because you're rich or you have white privilege because you grew up in a nice neighborhood. That's not what it's saying. Um, Because yes, not all white people are rich and not all white people are in good neighborhoods and not all white people go to college or not all white people, you know, it's it's not like that. White privilege is simply saying that we do not struggle the same prejudices that black people do because solely of our skin color. I do not have to worry about wearing a hoodie out in public. I do not have to worry about hugging my mom when I go to leave because I might get a speeding ticket or I'm afraid for my life. I don't have to worry about the same thing that black people have to worry about. And that's what white privilege is. And I think every white person needs to understand that privilege. They need to understand that in our society, in our government, we will be heard before they do, which is why I am using my voice, which is why I'm going to those protests to stand by my brothers and sisters. This is the reason, because white privilege does exist, and it's unfortunate, but it is a thing, and that's a part of what white people can do, is we can recognize that, and we can use that to our advantage, and we can use that to their advantage and to begin to help people and to speak out about this problem. Because without that, it's just nothing's going to help. And we have to use our voices to help. We have to use our platforms to help. Because if not, there will be no equality. There will be no unity. There will be no equity. And that's the sad thing about it. Um... I uh, I also had some questions about why am I such an advocate for this and why, um, why am I deciding to use my voice and why am I deciding to go to these protests? Why am I risking my safety? Because how does Black Lives Matter affect me? How does, you know, a complete stranger from me getting killed by a police officer, how does that affect me? Well, um... It affects me because I have so many close friends who are black and I'm not going to say any names, but I have had friends come to me borderline crying, you know, in tears because of being racially profiled or being spotted out or, you know, it's a horrible thing to experience, especially this day and age. We hear it from our grandparents' generation. Sometimes we hear it from our parents' generation. But for it to be happening now, 2020, the year of change, the generation of change for this stuff to still be going on, it just boils my blood. And I can't stand by and do nothing while my friends are out here and they're risking their lives, and their people are being murdered out of cold blood, and there is racism in our country, and there is racism in our government, and there is racism in our author- like in our authoritative... It's just, it's mind-boggling how anyone can look past this or to not even bat an eye at it. It's mind-boggling to me because I just... 
I can't sit by and do nothing. Because, you know what? No, it doesn't affect me. And if it doesn't affect me, I can use that and I can put myself out there and I can stand in front of them and I can protect them because they don't deserve any more of this. They don't deserve it at all. And a lot of people might get upset at me for this and a lot of people might not like me for this, but I would gladly, gladly stand in front of one of my black friends and I would guard them from being tear gassed I would guard them from being beaten, and I would guard them from anything. Because I do not want one more hand laid on any of them, along with any of my other race, like other race friends. Because they don't deserve any more of it. And that's what I think America should be about. We should have leaders who feel the same. We should have leaders who would put themselves on the streets with us rather than hiding. We should have leaders who will put themselves before their citizens rather than hiding. And if you think for one second that I could stand by and be silent and not say anything and not do anything while my friends are out there, my family, people that I look at as my family are being killed and say that I couldn't help them, that's, it's not a world that I want to live in. I don't want to live in a world where a mother has to be scared to let her child go for a walk. I don't want to be scared for my child to go for a walk. I, I wouldn't want to wish that upon anybody. Can you imagine the call that these mothers and fathers and families are getting that their child was either wrongly convicted or racially profiled and killed for nothing. I can't imagine that. I can't imagine the feeling. And my heart goes out to every single one of those families. And I think every single one of those families deserves to be noticed and deserves these protests. They do not deserve for this to be a trend. They do not deserve for this to be done and over with just because those four officers were convicted. They deserve these protests to go on. As long as the system remains the same, they deserve for these riots to go on. They have lived through hundreds and hundreds of years of segregation and discrimination, and they deserve everything. And with this episode that has come with a lot of emotion and so much pain and honestly so much hope for our generation. Um, as you'll notice, I kept saying that, you know, it was 2020. It was too far in the future for no change to have happened. So um, I've put together a list of 20 victims who fell to police brutality. And I have 20 names for the year 2020. And I'll follow with a 20-second moment of silence for all of these fallen victims. There was Agatha Felix, Trayvon Martin, Philando Castile, Brianna Taylor, 
Eric Garner, Tamir Rice, Anthony Hill, Jordan Edwards, Walter Scott, Alton Sterling, Natasha McKenna, Sean Bell, Oscar Grant, Michael Brown, Christian Taylor, Samuel DeBose, Kimani Gray, Kenneth Chamberlain, Freddie Gray, and George Floyd. Okay, so thank you guys for commemorating the 20 victims. Obviously, there are sadly hundreds more. And thank you guys for listening to this podcast commemorating the Black Lives Matter movement. And if you guys have any questions or anything to say or any information that you would also like to give me or to correct me on, um, my DMs and messages are always open. So please feel free to comment. And thank you so much, and I hope you guys have a great day. And if you do happen to be protesting, please stay safe. Bye.